Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases, and they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. Hello, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Wags of SEA podcast. Today, we have a good episode because we're going to give some updates on a few things um, specifically to do with Elena's big, fat, accessible move. (laughs) (laughs) It was big, fat, accessible. (laughs) Um, It was big, fat, heat wave move. It was right. Oh, yeah. It was like 40 (laughs) degrees here Celsius, which is that's like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was like the only day we were given to move out and it was really hot, but we were so thankful to have Dan's uh, family come out and help us move the big stuff. So that was great. Um, And we're still living like out of plastic containers and boxes and, you know, all that good stuff. Our house is like absolute bedlam. Um, Everything's sort of stored in the spare room. We're dodging things as we go. But yeah, we are here 
It is uh, really nice to have a Wheeland shower. So for anybody who doesn't know, Dan and I uh, moved out of straight from rehab. We sold our home. It was a townhouse. We sold our home in another city. And then we went straight from rehab into an apartment. Vancouver's uh, rental properties or vacancy is very, very low. So Especially accessible ones. <laughs> Oh, it's like non, yeah, it's like non-existent, right? So we've been doing the shower buddy transferring into a bathtub for the last five years and no accessibility in the kitchen. Dan's had some, quite a few severe burns, um, for, you know, just living life, I guess, trying to adapt to life without accessibility. So here we have an accessible shower, accessible kitchen that he can roll under. And we're actually just finalizing the last bit of their kitchen today. Yay. And that'll be really great to have our island in the middle that sort of conforms into our dining room table as one piece slash Dan's workstation. So it's going to be really great. Um, so for anybody who knows it is such a bummer to try to find any sort of housing that is accessible that you also don't have to tweak yourself that's like unheard of so yeah and this is like something that comes up on our private group so often is like people trying to find accessible housing out of rehab, people waiting on the list for accessible housing, people, you know, trying to get grants to renovate their house. It's one of those things that it's like, it's hard for us because it's like, you know, we've been there, we've done that, we've experienced what it's like to not have accessibility. And it's just, it's so, so, so difficult because, you know, our partners, they deserve the right to shower and go to the bathroom without having to like jump through hoops. Like they, they jump through enough hoops as, as they are, as they're quadriplegics. And it's the same with paraplegics. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult to accept that you know, the world is not accessible in general. Um, I mean, there's countries that are way better than others, but in general, even the accessible countries, there's a lot of things that we have to deal with in order to make things accessible. And it's all about thinking outside of the box, but sometimes it just gets so stressful because there's so many things you have to look for when you're trying to plan a move that it's just like, you you almost give up because it's, there's so, there's so much that goes into it. Like I remember you mm-hmm. guys kind of like putting your feelers out like a few years ago, always oh God, like looking, yeah. right. Always trying to <laughs> yeah. find a place. Yeah, it, it can be really tough. And then, I mean, especially if you're looking for like rentals and stuff, some of the housing is like subpar when you get into accessibility. Yeah. Um, it can be really, it's not the best vibe. It's like bare minimum. It's outdated. It's not usually in the best areas, even though you need like an accessible area. Like we've looked at some pretty interesting places. That is for sure. Um, so we got, re- we felt like we were like, almost like paid our dues when we found this place. We're like, Oh my God, like we've been looking for five years nonstop. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. I think it makes it a little bit more rewarding when you finally, you know, get to a place you're like, I feel like we'll be here for a very long time. We're already sort of like planning our bigger things, but even with the grants that you get here in BC and Canada, it's a one-time grant. So it's like the place that you're going to be living in. You kind of want to be sure you're staying there for quite a while. If you were to use the grant, because I mean, once, once you use it up and let's say you want to build something else, then you don't have it again. Right. Yeah. 
So that can be tricky too. And I mean, you guys, you know, like you said, everybody has should deserve the quality of life to be able to get into their own kitchen, to get themselves a glass of water or to get into a to- like a bathroom to empty their own leg bag or, mm-hmm. you know, rinse out their urinals or whatever. Everybody deserves to, to have that independence. So it's just quite fascinating when we're dealing with insurance companies, m- most of whom are not individuals living with paralysis and chairs, but they are the people that are the decision makers and the gatekeepers there. So it's really interesting trying to explain the situation to the ones who are making the decisions for you and are the ones who are, you know, passing the regulations for your approval or not. Mm -hmm. So that can be really quite frustrating to navigate. Um, I feel like you're, you're always like, it's just, it's annoying because you want to move to a place where you're just living and living well and you you don't have to plead your case all the time because it's just so stressful. It's like, why do you have to plead your case? It's like, we know that, you know, our partners are quadriplegics. They can't do things on their own. Why do you have to plead your case in order to get what you need? Because um, insurance, even government programs, they're businesses. They're there to keep their money and make more money. And like, I feel like people... Mm-hmm in our community don't really understand that they, you know, especially at the beginning, you think that these people are on your side. And to be honest, it's not the case manager's fault. They're just doing their job. They're working with the policies that they've got, they've gotten, but it's just kind of like, it's just that like constant frustration of always trying to prove that you need something when it's very obvious that you need it. And I wish that there were more paralyzed people working for these companies because I feel like yeah, I mean, I don't even know how that would work because they're going by the policies. They're going by the decisions that are that are literally legislation and policies in companies that, you know, to challenge them, you pretty much have to take them to court, right? So it's like, I don't even know how a paralyzed person could make things easier for another, for, for a paralyzed client. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, they're just doing their job, right? For sure. Well, there is also a really great foundation here in BC, I guess in all of Canada, the Rick Hansen Foundation. And Rick Hansen has done an amazing job for advocating for accessibility in general. Um, So there are some really great tips through that foundation of persevere, don't give up. It is very, very disheartening to have to consistently and daily fight for your quality of life for things that us able-bodied folks can do so easily and in half the time like a quarter of the time so why don't you share with us a little bit about your guys' situation and what you guys are sort of going through in terms of your kitchen reno and possibly potential move well yeah I mean I think that it's, I think we're at day 1170 something, um, <laughs> almost 1200 oh my days. God. Since, oh my God. <laughs> almost 1200 days since, uh, we appealed to be able to have a kitchen renovation and had that go through. So what happened was we moved into our place and we had the bathroom renovated by insurance Um, and it's, 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 we like to call it our inaccessible, accessible washroom because it's very, very tiny. Like he, there's no room for him to turn around in it. He just has to be rolled in and out of the shower. That's it. Like he can't even go up to the sink because his wheelchair doesn't fit when he like tries to turn. (laughs) So it's kind of comical because it's just like, it's inaccessible, accessible. Anyway, so we moved into our one bedroom apartment here in Kitsilano, Vancouver. And, um, 
it was it we we waited five months for the city to approve it. We were living in rental housing in three different rental apartments, moving around. It was so stressful. Oh my god, it was so stressful. Um, moving from place to place, and all of them were not accessible. They we had to use like one of them. Evan was there, and he couldn't even shower for a month. We had to do bed baths every day. It was like really crazy. Anyways, PTSD. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Anyway, so um, what happened was we wanted to move in as quickly as possible and then address the kitchen situation because we knew right when we bought this place that the kitchen, we would have to have it renovated. We would have to go through that process, um, whether it's renovating it ourselves or, or applying for insurance to, to help us with that. Because so, right now he can't even get into the kitchen, right? Yeah. I mean, it's so small that it's like one of those 1970s, like cubbyhole kitchens. It is so small. There's a supporting wall on one side. You know, I barely can fit in myself without like hitting myself with the <laughs> fridge, the fridge door, door, the oven. Literally. Yeah. So it's like so small. And like, you know, it's it, people who know the Vancouver BC housing scene. It's, it's every apartment is so small because it's, it's a high density city and it's like one of the most desirable cities to live in. So the housing is super expensive. I mean, I think that if we talked about like how much a one bedroom apartment is in, in Vancouver, like our listeners from like Ohio or anywhere in the States would be like, other than New York and mm-hmm. San Francisco would be like, Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah. It's like half a million dollars for a one bedroom year. Yeah. For a sardine can, right? Yeah. Right. Even, so, even like <laughs> dens, little dens and studios are going for like half a million. And I remember when we first started WAGS, it was so funny. We would do like takeovers and people would be like, well, like, like people thought we lived in such small, like shitty accommodations. Like, no, this is actually half a million dollars for something like this. Like it's like, (laughs) it's like our life savings. Like anyways, so that's the reason why we live where we live is because, you know, we're from here. We're, we're staying here. We love it here. It's a beautiful city. However, our place is is small. (laughs) And I mean, we we should say that there is a lot of great accessibility here in terms of right. like programs and stuff. Um, our, I guess, GF Strong is the rehab center that basically everybody in BC, so British Columbia, this part of the of Canada would go to. So yeah. the rehab center is, is located here. There are some really great facilities. There are great foundations here in Vancouver. Yeah. So that's why people usually stay here. Yeah, we've got iCord, which we talk about it all the time. It's like a massive research facility for mm-hmm. spinal cord Sexual injuries. Sexual health right? physicians yeah. there. We've got the Blue Sun Center. There's lots of research studies you can be a part of. There is SCIBC, which is like yeah. a great community for those who are injured. There's yeah. the Wags of SCI. Our headquarters Wags of SCI are here. International headquarters. Is based <laughs> out of Vancouver. <laughs> so yeah, it's a great city to live in. However, okay, I think everyone gets the point. It's small, but you know, whatever. I mean, this is where we live and and we love it. So we want to make it work. After we moved in, um, we applied to have the permits and to see if they would renovate the kitchen. And this is where it gets like kind of heartbreaking because we waited months and months and months. We finally got a response. um, And this is after he had a couple different OTs visit him to kind of like ask him questions and assess him. Keep in mind, these were the OTs that work for the insurance company. So they have an ulterior motive. They're not independent, right? Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. The, best, the best is when these people show up to your house and they're all dressed in like designer clothing. They yeah. pull up in a really nice car. Yeah, yeah. They, it's like, you assholes, thanks for showing up and yeah. totally not approving us for anything. You Again, you are like the final decision makers and it looks like you're doing pretty well for yourself here by, by disapproving us. Right. 
Well, I, and this is a side note. I've had plenty of friends that have found job postings for the insurance uh, companies here, and they're all like $100,000 a year jobs with bonuses. And these bonuses are like, if you save the company this much money, you get this. There's like tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if you like, reject you reject somebody of their yes. accessibility and their yes. basic human rights, you get a nice new watch or you get a nice new bonus, which yeah. is really cute. Yeah. And they, the thing is, is they don't talk about it unless you apply for the job and go through the interview process. They're very secretive. So like, that's the only reason I know that they make bonuses based on how much they save the, com- the company that is a government arm. Like our insurance here, our workers comp is a government arm and it's like, and it's the same for government insurance for disabilities. They all just have the bottom line involved. They all have like this, how much can they save the government or the company anyways? Yeah. So we applied for it. Uh, we waited a few months, came back to us and they said they had this big letter um, oh, it just makes me angry talking about it now, but you know, whatever, this is good. This is kind of like therapy talking about it, letting it pass through. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, the, they responded with a letter saying basically the gist of it was no, we will not be renovating your kitchen. We will put a countertop on the outside of the wall that encroaches on your living room with a microwave and a hot plate that your partner can access. Oh my God. Um, And it was so infuriating because we were just like, what? Like he needs to be able to access his own kitchen. Like he can't just use a hot plate and a microwave. That's not even cooking. Right. So, and not to mention it was, it encroached like three feet into our uh, living room that it just didn't make any sense. And also he still can't get to his fridge or the sink or anything else. So it's like, what's the point of that? That's not independence. That's making things even harder because then he's going to leave everything on the counter after he's done. Like that makes zero sense. Yeah. So they had like, literally we have this in writing. The second reason was um, that, and we have this in writing too, is because I am here and his primary caregiver and I am the cook quote, I am the cook. Um, we are not going to support that because Brooke's there to cook for her you know, partner. You know what? That is <laughs> so sexist and so wrong on so many levels. It's like, it's like funny now in this climate too. This was like four years ago, over four years ago. It's so different now. Hey, well, no, but the thing is like, it's still the same, the same rules and regulations as we were, as we sat, sorry, just to kind of sidetrack as we sat down to do our time task analysis for Cecil, they said the same thing. They would not approve Dan any hours for extra care to come in to cook him meals because this is exactly what she said word for word. Well, you're going to make yourself a meal anyway, so you can make him one too. Right. It's like, what? That's not the point. Also, he's the quad chef. He's the guy who likes to cook. I don't like to cook. Right. So it's like, now you're completely, again, you're trying to make decisions on our relationship. And again, same thing, same thing for you guys. It's like Evan actually loves to do the smoker and he likes to get in the kitchen too. He likes to cook too. Right. So it's like, what the heck? That's so wrong. You don't get to come in and decide. It's like, what if you went into their house and you're like, you know what? Actually, you're going to be doing everything for everybody in the house today and work. and cleaning and taking the dog out and doing everything else. Yeah. So we're not going to pay you. Yeah. No, literally all for free. So it was literally first reason was, no, we're going to do this instead because he doesn't need access. We're going to put it on the outside and encroach on your living space. Second reason was, no, you're the wife, you're the cook, you are doing it anyways, and you can do it for him. The third reason was, we don't think that Evan's level of ability um, is 
can can cook basically like basically in in like different wording than that they basically said well he's this level of injury he can't do it which is so so wrong so it's like right away cutting off any sort of like opportunity for him to relearn and adapt yeah exactly and it's it's silly so we were obviously upset and this was like years ago um and so we looked at all the points that they said, okay. And so we thought to ourselves, we're like, okay, how are we going to go through each of this, these points only and kind of just show them that they're not true. And so what we did was we set up an appointment with his private OT. Um, and we went to the i facility in Vancouver, what we were talking about earlier, they have an adapted, a fully adapted kitchen that they use for cooking classes and um, trials and all that stuff teach people how to cook. So we went there and we got his OT to record him and take photos of him opening the fridge, turning on the elements, stirring a pot, opening the microwave, closing the oven, putting things on the oven, taking things out of the fridge, helping me stir things, cutting things, anything you can imagine. He wrote, I think it was like an 11 page report on what he could do. And so that basically was point number three. They basically proved that that he could do everything, Mm -hmm. you know, with videos and photos. So then the second thing is, you know, I'm the cook. I'm the wife. I can do it. And so obviously I used, like I went into like the human rights code of BC and I cited that and I went into you know, the WorkSafe's own policies and cited those policies saying that because they say in their own policies, they will assist anything that the worker wants to do accessibility wise to make sure that he doesn't get harmed by the ramifications of his spinal cord injury. So basically, they'll assist with anything that will help him go back to as normal as possible, which means being able to prepare food for himself. Um, and so we cited policies, we wrote this massive report, we included the OT's report, and then we put it in for an appeal. And that takes months. So we waited months and months and months, didn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, we got a letter in the mail. And it was from this appeal officer who is completely separate from WorkSafe. And it was one of the best letters I've ever read because she was a bit feisty. <laughs> and it was like, it, I've never read anything like this coming from an appeal officer. I've appealed many things and they usually just cite the policies and say, well, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Um, let's, we will approve this because it's a human right because this is our policies and this shouldn't be denied. And, and they give their reasons and they base everything off their policies. This one, she had some personal opinions. <laughs> she has some personal opinions. I'm like, okay, this is completely unfair to your wife. Your wife is not in charge of the injured worker's independence. This is outdated. Um, this is, you cannot tell somebody that they cannot have access to their own kitchen to make their own food. This is completely against any policy to help the worker maintain their independence and gain independence and gain a life. And it was like a four page long letter that was very impassioned. And I was surprised because I was like, wow, like this doesn't usually happen. So we're obviously happy. And then she basically said at the end, she's like, I overturned this decision and bring it back to the insurance company to find a solution so that he can have access to his kitchen. And so that was almost 1200 days ago. Wow. (laughs) So it's been us. Like I, I write letters, like I would say like once a month and I submit them to like the general fax machine of the insurance company. And I say, Hey there, you know, I put his number, his claim number in there. 
Hey there, could you please put this on file that it's been 860 days? Hey there, can you please put this on file that it's been this many days and no response as to what's happening? And just so it's on file, me like following up. Does anybody ever respond? No, nobody ever responds, <laughs> but it's on his file. Cause I can go mm-hmm. in and see digitally that it's been put on his file. So that's, I think that's a really important tip for anybody totally. um, listening is like, make sure that you have everything in writing. And this was before email, like our insurance company used to only work through letters and phone calls so that they couldn't be tracked. Right. Now, since COVID it's been a blessing cause they can use emails now they have to. And so now everything is tracked over email. So there's more accountability, which is great. But before we had to fax everything in. Um, So I did that and just made sure that they knew that I was like waiting and nothing was happening and this and that. Nobody responded, but at least it's there because if we have to file another appeal or we have to go to the tribunal, which is the final stage, then at least it'll be there that we've tried to get this done for as long as, as this is happening. It just, it just holds them accountable. Right. Well, I feel like it also keeps it really fresh in your own brain too. Right. Because you're still thinking about what's happening, you know, instead, instead of thinking, what did I do last and how long ago was that sort of a thing? Like it keeps it really fresh and keeps the conversation going at least for you guys between the two of you, just to keep on following up. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so from all of that, now we're at the stage where we're still waiting to hear what's going on. We went kind of outside of the box and decided to hire a kitchen designing company to design an accessible kitchen that would work in our space. Mm -hmm. Um, It took months to do that. They finally got the design. Um, You know, we met with his independent OT and made sure that his OT approved it. Um, And then we submitted to them and we haven't heard anything yet. So it's like we keep submitting these things, just hoping that something will happen and at least we're taking it into our own hands. Um, So yeah, we're waiting on that. And so the reason we're talking about this now is because, you know, we're kind of talking on the topic of moving and, you know, I remember what it was like to move, you know, wheelchairs and equipment and lifts and everything for two people and dogs multiple times. And it's just, it's one of those things that it's like so stressful if you don't organize everything completely perfectly because I remember before Evan's injury, he would help us move and he would carry like one massive chest of drawers with one hand. And now it's just kind of like, well, and I'm sure Dan was the same. Now it's kind of like they have Mm -hmm. to sit and watch and they can't really do any of the heavy lifting. So it's a big test to like their Mm -hmm. frustration level being injured and not being able to physically help. Right. Yeah, for so, sure. I know that Dan, sometimes he, he says things like, I feel like a piece of furniture, like when we're doing yeah. things and like moving things around, he he's like, I don't know where to go. Like, should I go forward, backward every, and then I'm kind of like zipping around him a little bit. And I'm like, oh yeah. man, but yeah. it's one, one of those best- things that you have to navigate. It's like, uh. Yeah, totally. And one of the best things somebody can do, I think, and you've talked about this so many times, is be the organizer, be the one that that gets all everything organized. So then you kind of have a list and you check it off as everybody else does these things, you know, to keep everybody on track, you kind of, and I mean, that's what Dan, that's what Dan did before was he was in charge of his entire crew, you know, at at his job. So it's, it was good. It's good practice for him. And it's gonna be good practice for him for teaching other people as well. But it's, it's still a really interesting space to navigate for anybody who is in the chair, you know, communicating and really getting your point across without being too cray cray. 
Yeah. And it can be so stressful for us too, like having to pack yeah. everything alone. And I mean, it's one of the things that just has to be done. You have to work through it, but it's still really challenging and, and it's pretty stressful. So. And physically demanding, right? I think yeah. that's something that we don't talk about that often is, is being a wag of SEI can be very physically demanding and it is. And you have to navigate a lot of emotional support in there as well as your physical. So yeah. Yeah. So true. So and moving here. highlights it. It's like assembling furniture. It's like, these are the <laughs> yeah. things in life that like highlights your frustration and your ability to navigate through that instead of just breaking down. So it's like, it's interesting, like these challenges that gets presented to WEGS of SCI on well, a fairly, pers- you know, consistent basis. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that's why you have to take it one step at a time. I feel like that if there was a time to slow down, it's a wag of SCI life. You have yeah. to give yourself grace and patience. And it's not always easy, especially if you, ha- if you have that sort of personality that's like, I'm going to stay up all night and organize my whole house in like yeah. one day. Yeah. So, and yeah. this is also why we have the WAGs of SCI private discussion group on Facebook. This is a great portal and forum for people to come on and share tips and tricks and frustrations on the moving day, the big day and how you're managing that. So anybody who's new or listening to the podcast now, please do so by heading over to the Wags of SCI private discussion page on Facebook. Yeah. And we want to hear from you too. Um, if you liked uh, this discussion and you have some things to add, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can email us anytime and wags of SCI at gmail.com. And we are available to chat about everything. And and the reason that we kind of brought up um, the insurance stuff, it's a good time to bridge into one of our next episodes, which is going to be our tips and tricks for navigating insurance claims and how to do that and how to get the most out of your insurance plan. Because like it or not, it doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter who your insurer is. They're all the same. The basic foundation of every insurance company is the same. And it's good for us because we've learned a lot from navigating our insurance companies. We've had many successful appeals. We have a lot of stats. Um, We've shared with you in the past on another episode we did on appeals. Um, You can scroll back in our episode history and, and watch that one or listen to that one if you're in the phase of appealing any insurance decision. But our next episode is going to be more about navigating your claim in general and just like our top tips from what we've learned over the years Mm -hmm. as to how to do that and how to get the most out of your plan. Because like, you know, these companies, they don't tell you what you need. You have to find out what you need, right? Absolutely. And that's, that can be really disheartening too, especially when you're new to the injury and you sort of, you're still in that stage of trusting the medical health professionals and anything that anybody tells you, because you're like, I don't know anything about anything right now. So this will be a really helpful episode. Brooke's been doing this for a long time. We're, we're doing, you know, the Cecil thing through our private insurance company. But so that will be a great episode to let you guys know that no never means no. And you can appeal a thousand times until you're a hundred years old if you want. Like, so just don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. And and the thing is, is insurers, they won't tell you like they'll, they'll send you documents if you ask about appealing, but they won't tell you that there's a legal process that they have to follow um, in order to just make sure that you have the option to appeal a decision or, or even get a denial in the mail. Like there's a lot of our followers that don't even get 
denials in writing. They literally just get told by their case managers, um, no, no, that's not going to happen. And then they take that for, for what it is and they say, okay, and they get all discouraged and then they go away. And what they don't know is that's the first stage of 10 different phases. So like they try and get you to go away early on, but that's illegal. So you have the right to get a decision in writing and, and, be able and empowered to appeal it in the process that is set out for you in your personal insurance company. And then just go from there. And the thing is, is like, we can all learn from each other. This is like Mm -hmm. why this group is so important because like we've posted about stuff so many times uh, to do with insurance. And there's been women that are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I could do this. I had no idea that I could say this. I remember one woman emailed us saying that she was actually denied a translator. She's not fluent in English. And she was told, no, we're not going to provide you with a translator. You have to hire one on your own in order to understand the language that we're, we're using, which is, it's not okay. And so like these, these, you need to know your rights. You need to know how to work with these people because they're not your friend. They're a business. And it doesn't matter if you're government or private, they're all the same. They're working for the bottom line and they're working to make sure that, you know, you get, as little as possible just to keep you alive basically. And I know it's really sad, but they just want to make sure you're alive. They don't want to make sure that you're flourishing, which is something that has to change. And I mean, if you meet, I hate to say this, but like, especially during the beginning stages of recovery, when we were meeting other people who are in rehab and listening to some of the options that their insurance companies, um, left them with after they became injured it was like sell your house go live at a homeless shelter use their showers we'll reimburse you for that so it's very very bare minimum quality of life not to mention your whole life just changed so brooke and i are always here working side by side with robin wishart with wishart brain and spine law here in vancouver to help you guys to give you the power to continue on this journey to give you the strength to keep going don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. And it's it's what keeps us going is knowing that this is all about awareness and education. There are so mm-hmm. many things that don't need to happen um, and that can be remedied with just simple understanding and awareness of what's possible and what is out there and the resources that are available. And, you know, they spark. Right. I've had that. So like, I know you and I have both had that so many times where we find out something, you know, years later that we could have done. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, oh, my oh. God. <laughs> right if only somebody told us yeah. or, or like even if only we weren't in that trauma zone of our partners yeah. just having the injury that we could even retain that information yeah. of how to continue properly the thing is if you start the process now all you have is time your life will still continue on and that will be there in writing forever so just just start it and then just carry on with your life it's better than not doing anything and carrying on with your life. It's going to cost you a lot more mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, medically, the whole bit. So just start it now and see what happens. For sure. Um, So thank you for tuning in to this update episode. Um, We're excited for our episode about insurance. We're excited to share what we've learned with you guys and how to navigate your claims a little bit better. Um, The last part of this episode, we wanted to tell you about something really exciting coming down the pipeline. And we're just sharing this with our podcast uh, followers right now um, because we're going to wait until it comes out. But we have Mm -hmm. an expose coming out with the Washington Post very, very soon. Elena, do you want to get into that? 
Oh my God. It's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure if you guys know, but for anybody who's new, who hasn't been following the WEGS of SEI journey, Brooke and I began it here in Vancouver, British Columbia after meeting through social media and realizing there was zero support for partners of the ones who are injured, the, the men who are in chairs in our cases. And, um, you know, we sort of saw that there was a huge gap there that, you know, we weren't recognized in any way or in any form more than the nurses. And I'll admit it, even now when I meet people, I'm still sort of looked at as a nurse. I'm the secondary to Dan. And that's a whole other topic. But Brooke and I decided that we would begin WAGs of SEI to create awareness, to bring people like you to our podcast, to our forum, so you don't feel as isolated. I know we say isolated all the time, but that is the truth and reality. And so the uh, not very soon after we began the group in 2017, sorry, yeah, the 2017 November, um, and I guess it was 2018 of September when the Washington Post, um, Amber Ferguson of the Washington Post came and uh, contacted us and said, hey, I would love to feature you guys in the Washington Post. I would love to shed some light on the partners who are supporting those in chairs. And we don't mean supporting necessarily physically, financially, but it could be emotionally as well, right? And um, so that is when the first article went out. So why don't you continue on with what is going to be (laughs) happening soon? Yeah, so, you know, the years pass by and we maintain quite a good relationship with Amber. Um, And she was super grateful to us, too, because this article was pretty big and it kind of like launched her into like her career as well into different directions. So it was really awesome. She is, you know, in her in her late 20s, early 30s, similar age to us. And so we kept in touch with her. And over the years, we'd have, you know, Zooms and numerous phone calls with her. And then, you know, the pandemic comes. And, you know, I remember, Elena, when you were like, okay, we need to like talk about how this pandemic has brought to light um, how women Mm -hmm. like us are, you know, nurses aren't available because of COVID and we're picking up the slack and we're not recognized, right? Yeah, keeping the men out of or keeping our men uh, out of the hospital systems. And I think somebody actually told us at one point that the medical system heavily relies on unpaid caregivers to keep people at home and safe and not in the overflowing emergency rooms. Yeah, for sure. And so we're like, there's something here. And so we talked about it for a few weeks and we kind of brainstormed and, you know, we brought the idea to the private group um, and we started just learning more and more about how partners are picking up the slack for a very damaged nursing system, especially in the States, and they're being unpaid um, for stepping up and, you know, looking after their partners in very high level medical roles. These are roles that would take six, seven years to be educated in with experience as to how to handle trachs, how to handle pressure wounds, how to do an internal catheter. These are high, high medical needs that a lot of us have no education and we've just learned by watching in the hospitals and we're not compensated for it. We're not compensated for this. It's not part of being a wife or a girlfriend. This is you're helping your partner to stay alive and doing things that are medically necessary for them without receiving any compensation. 
So then after we opened the conversation, you know, a couple of years ago with that, we started thinking during COVID, like, wait a second, this is a good time to highlight how this is a huge problem in our community. And not just that, a lot of disabled people cannot get married because when they marry their partners, that whole taking advantage of the spouse comes in. And because they're married, they get their benefits taken away or greatly reduced especially in the States, this is a huge thing. In Canada, there's you, you just simply do not get compensated for wanting to have a private life of your own with your partner and take care of your partner. Um, they're willing to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month for nursing care. But when you step in and you're even more qualified and more reliable because you love your partner and you're, you're highly skilled because you've had so much practice caring for him, you can't be compensated in any, any way. So we put this all together in a package. And we told Amber about it. We said, listen, there's many issues here. There's the issue of, you know, unpaid caregiving with spouses. There's the issue of not being able to marry your partner because your benefits will get taken away in the States. This is a huge thing. There's also the issue of COVID and now how all of these things are coming together and caregivers are wanting recognition and they're not getting any of it and they're relieving the medical system. And so Amber was kind of like, okay, this is huge. This is like, I didn't even know about it. And Elena, you and I, every time we tell somebody about this, nobody knows about it. It's one of those things that like, it's one of these great secrets where every single person that I've talked to about it, they're horrified. They're like, if I knew about this, I would not be okay with my tax dollars not going towards supporting someone if they For want sure. to get married, right? Oh my God, it's it's so sad. And nobody knows about it. So it's a huge awareness piece. So from that, we kind of waited. And then the whole Trump-Biden election thing came about. And it was just not a good time for these stories to come out. Because, you know, everybody was talking about the election and COVID and Trump. And it wasn't a good climate for releasing an awareness piece like this. Because people didn't care as much. So she was pretty honest with us. She's like, listen, like, we want to we wanna do this. My editor's in. We want to do this. We're just waiting for the right time. Um, so from then there was a lot of research involved on her end. She interviewed, I think 16 different couples that we put forward and she investigated every single piece of the information they gave her. She fact checked and did everything. It took months and months and months. I think it's been, it's been over a year now, um, that she's been working on it. So that is due to come out within the next few months. So that's a huge update for us. Once that comes out, it'll really highlight what's actually going on behind the scenes in the disability community and that, you know, if you're lucky enough to find the love of your life, you simply cannot marry that person or show that person you love them in any sort of legal way because you'll get your, 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 your medical bills not paid for. They'll have to pay for them themselves. And it's, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense Um, because all this money goes towards helping you pay for catheters that are $20 each and, you know, getting the medical things Mm -hmm. you need just to live. And that should not be influenced by if you're married or not. Right. No, absolutely. So that's exciting. It is very, very exciting. We are very, I don't know, I I feel, you know, when you and I started doing the WAGS thing, it's been one thing after another that has showed us that this is the place for us to be, to encourage other people to never give up, to, you know, continue supporting your, our 
girl gang. And there are so many people who are in these relationships. I can tell you that when my partner was first injured, I thought that I was the only person who was dating somebody in a wheelchair. And there was really, there was just not a lot of knowledge around that. And even still, had we not began WAGs of SCI or had this community, um, I, I, don't know how many people I truly see, you know, sort of living the life that we're living, which can be a little bit difficult, right? So yeah, for sure. This is this is where our bread and butter and heart and souls are at. So if you would like to be more involved, we're always open ears and, you know, keep an eye out for the WAGs of SEI brochures and posters and meetups that are coming your way. COVID-19 hopefully will be far behind us in the next year and we would love to continue on with our meetups where you'll be able to have that in-person support once again so we just want to say thank you so much to everybody who has supported the wags of sei community thank you for being here and thank you for fighting alongside with us you know thank you to our ambassadors we have a great heap of incredible women who are spreading the word of love relationship and celebration across the entire globe so we just want to give a big shout out to all the women who are hand in hand you know rocking this life together and really just living your best life so thank you thank you for tuning in thank you for allowing us to share the mic with you today and share, you know, the space with you. Thank you for listening to what we have to say. And as always, keep those emails coming. We love hearing your guys' feedback, your support. Keep those stories of love and relationship pouring into our inbox. Our email is wegsofsei at gmail.com. And again, just keep them rolling in. We listen to every single voice message. We read every single email, all the DMs. We are here anytime you guys need us to help you look into any sort of issues, legal um, or medical. And so is Robin Wishard. So big shout out to her for always fighting alongside her girl gang. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, I wanted to end the episode cause I know, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it was, it was a little bit of a heavy episode with all this insurance talk and, you know, I know we probably triggered some people out there, but take a deep breath and realize that we're all in this together. <laughs> um, I just wanted to share like a little bit of like hopeful, um, vibes that I've been getting over the past year. I really truly think that WAGS is moving in a different direction this year. And I think I see one of hope and I see one of resilience. Um, I think that the group is here now. The group has its foundation. The group has its support foundation. The group is there for you. It's, it's the website's always going to be there. The foundation is there. And from what I think, I think that everybody is going to move in more of a direction of like, we have the support, we have the community behind us now. Now, what can we do? How big can we get? How can we make our voices heard? And how can we move forward in a way that is like, we want to be our best selves and we want to live our very best lives possible, regardless of this injury. We want to have a great life, regardless of these setbacks that may deter us from feeling our best we can still make it through and so i definitely see a climate of hope in the group and i see resilience and i see a 
uh, people coming together in a way that we've never seen before, collaborating and moving from, you know, sadness and panic and, oh, I, you know, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, there's always times that are going to be like that. But now that we have this foundation of this community, I think together we can accomplish huge things. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of finish the episode mm-hmm. with that with that kind of little bit of hopeful optimism because I, I truly see that happening for the WEGS community. So wherever you are, whatever city you're in, whatever country you're in, thank you so much for listening. We're forever grateful for you tuning in every week and we will see you next time. Sounds good. Until then, have a beautiful week ahead. Cheers. Outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our Wags, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of SCI. Go fund me page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.